internet people talk about the hex girls we talk about power line clash at demon head we love those fake artists and we love the music that they put out i pray that i never hear of uncle drip ever again for as long as i am online because that was a lovely joke from the writers if that's what they wanted to do but never again that was a horrible horrible song To another episode of Starring Cupid, the online ship sailing across the seven seas to watch your film and television faves. Yes, that is a pirate joke. Those that get it, get it. Those that don't pay for subscriptions. As always, I am your lovely host, Zamadadex. Nothing more, nothing less from the east, not the west. Pretty babe, no like, no stress. Hi, how are you guys doing? Um, I hope everybody is well. Everybody's doing all right. He's trying, trying, trying times. Um, if you are a person or an establishment that supports or funds the carpet bombing and ethnic genocide of innocent civilians, I hope you never feel a positive thing ever again. And if I say more, or if I say what I actually want to say about that, they'll report this episode immediately. So I'm going to keep it at that. I just want you to know that I'm wishing colonizers, war criminals, pop propaganda vehicles, I am wishing all of you the absolute worst all the time. And that's that on that. Now, listeners and lovers, today I come to you with an honored promise. You know, today's politics, <laughs> today's politics are full of leaders promising change, you know, while holding the key to the till, denying you your change. These, these, these leaders, they make these grand promises that we will only see acted upon once every four or so years. Lovers, my fellow chronically online comrades, I am here today to assure you that I am nothing like those leaders. Tonight, I deliver on a long-awaited promise. Tonight, I take the key from my own hands to give you the change that I promised. Today's subjects are from a South African television show. Now, has it been a long time since I made this particular promise? Yes. But let's look at this. Has it been three years no, <laughs> let's focus our minds 
on how quickly I delivered, you know, let's be positive, you know, <laughs> comrade lovers, um, today we are analyzing the political and unethical chaos of Mbali Hatebe and Sivuile Levin from Netflix's Miseducation. <laughs> yeah, ne? I mean, dear Magar, as a term, as an adjective, doesn't even begin to describe this pairing. When this show was announced, I was just happy that we had new material that was specifically centered around university students in a university setting. You know, in South African media, we seem to cover a lot of stories, a lot of plots around teenagers, people in high school, and then we jump straight into adulthood, work life, family life, all that stuff. When we do, very rarely, when we do have varsity shows, they 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 take the plot focus away from these varsity students, from these varsity issues, from these from these stories about these young adults in this environment, and it quickly refocuses on something else. So maybe yes, varsity kids will be there, but now there is there's a crime ring that has to be dismantled there is this happening over there there is um power dynamics happening on top that have to be showcased in the show when i think about this i think of shows like istimbus which is no longer on television but when it first came out i think i was in high school so i didn't really have an understanding of what varsity life was like at the time but even then, I just, hmm, I always feel like East Timbiso could have been a great drama if it purely focused or centered around the varsity experience. But alas, and unfortunately, once something is a telenovela, once something is a soapy, we, you're always going to see it turn into some criminal organization organized crime drama that will overshadow anything else that the show is about and you know no teal or no shade against shows that have this and that was what they were always meant to be if that's what your premise always was then you're doing nothing wrong there's absolutely nothing wrong with what you've got going on but when you hijack decent unique s stories and and plot lines like this it starts to get to me it starts to it starts to bother me and then on top of that i feel like we as the audiences we're not we're missing out on fun stuff not every time that there is any kind of of story or new angle that they're trying to approach not every time now oh but you know, crime is happening, so things are sad, things are bad, things are horrible. When are we laughing? When when are we having a good time? And I know that the closest we got to a sh the show that I'm kind of describing was 
we have this sitcom that used to air on SABC One. I don't think it's on anymore. At to the and it's so underrated, isn't the word? It was not well advertised. It was not well sold to the audiences that it was meant to go to, or they meant to appeal to, because I don't even remember what it was called. I I, the, I curse having a a memory that's settled on images because i can see it i can i can describe what the show was to you because i've caught an episode or two but everything else beyond that i just I, I don't even remember its name which should be the most basicest thing that you know about a show and that's its own separate conversation about how acbc doesn't invest in any of their content that isn't a soapy or that isn't you know going to get them that critical acclaim even though once upon a time they were the home for amazing sitcoms like anytime people talk about a sitcom that they enjoyed when they were younger it is usually a sitcom that aired on one of the ACPC channels so it's just it's really sad to see it no longer that that place that space for us to have a good laugh from time to time or if those shows if those sitcoms are still on we we just never hear about them and that's that's deeply unfortunate so i do i am happy about the existence of miseducation because it offers us a fun university aged sitcom with enough online buzz and reach that it's not going to fade into obscurity any any time soon like it's something that we can also just discuss amongst ourselves as like the viewers the people that liked it it's it's tangible yeah it's tangible and it was good it was good and for those reasons this show makes me very very happy now I was making jokes earlier, little jokes, but there is a reason why I rarely discuss local content, local shows, movies, and such and such. We have in the past on the channel, on the channel, sorry, we have in the past covered some on the podcast, but I think those were also long ago and also so widely appreciated that no one really cared for what I had to say because I also I was just matching the praises um, from everybody else. This hmm, my my issue sometimes with covering local content or even speaking about local content online is that sometimes it it has annoying consequences. If you are the divergent person, if you dare to talk about a a popular show if you dare let me not say talk about if you dare talk about a show that is well received or beloved by others there are going to be problems and the the thing is it doesn't it's not limited to television shows not limited to movies an artist that is beloved a song that is beloved a concept that is beloved by the masses if you are the one person that doesn't gel with it and god forbid your your subjective experience of that 
is shared amongst people, you could be dragged within an inch of your life. And this is this is a thing that happens to people that were specifically tweeting this out to the, the 20 followers that they have. They were not trying to spread this opinion. They were simply just sharing. They were sharing it. It's as if you if you were talking in your friendship group amongst yourselves. It's it's that kind of environment but no because now it is on this online platform because it is available for people to hear you're 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 called things i'm not above being a hater i've said this many a time people know me if i'm gonna hate on something i'm gonna do it my whole chest because i don't think that is something that you should lie or half ass about be a hater stick to it but someone coming five timelines away from you to call you a heartless hater that has never done anything that will amount. Like, guys, people call you things. I've seen people be called things purely for saying that maybe they did not enjoy something at the same rate that everybody else did. And that's mad. Madness. Like, let's be serious, people. We do this all the time when we're talking about international acts, international shows, international anything. Like we have that freedom to voice these things. Grownish, for example, did not end after season one because I personally didn't like it. I'm one dude. I'm just one little guy. I don't even think I said that I didn't like it online. But even if I did, you know what it would have, you know what it would have amounted to? absolutely nothing and that's fine with me like when i when i share these things when i think these things i think i speak for other people that do this i'm not trying to dismantle your whole group i'm not trying to dismantle your fandom i'm telling you about a personal experience that i had and it's funny because most of that dragging most of that attacking will not even come from the people that made that specific thing you as a fan of the thing are fighting me for what they're not gonna pay you <laughs> they're not gonna see you defending their work of art like hang it up hang it up sweetheart but that's one annoying consequence and then there's the other thing of you know this is a small country there's only there are only so many of us in like the population there's only so many of us that are online things can spread quickly so one of the other possible consequences is that if any of the people that contributed to the work that you're criticizing if they see if they read if they hear what you said grudges could be formed beef could be started because of a personal experience you had they don't even care if maybe you enjoyed all their past work they don't care if the next single that comes out you are actually the one pushing it the most what they care about is in this very moment you are hating on the thing that they made and they do not appreciate that and when you're someone that hopes to one day work in this specific industry the last thing you need is 
to piss off people that you could potentially be colleagues with. But that just goes back to what I was trying to say. Art is subjective. You know, being mad at things like this, at criticism like this, at at differing opinions like this, that will make your artistic journey absolutely miserable. You have to... You have to lean on the love you're receiving with way more effort than than um, paying attention to the critiques that you may be getting. That's just me. That's just what I think. All of that being said, <laughs> all of that, I've laid the groundwork. Um, I wanted to say, I wasn't in love with this show. It, I will get into all the details exactly you guys if you listeners of the show you know exactly where this is headed but this particular couple isn't even a couple that i support which is usually the idea that people have if they see something as the subject matter of an episode i do not support this i do not ship it but this show is not a stranger to having subjects that are maybe not maybe not the type to root for i think that there's always something to be gained from the subjects that we cover on the show we don't only learn from good people we don't only learn from good situations i think there are always lessons to be learned from both the heroes and the villains of stories so you can learn anything from anyone you just you just have to find the lessons and i think that's what today's episode is going to be i wanted to look at how bali and sivu became each other's well led to each other's kind of destruction and what i think needs to change to make this appear maybe worth rooting for in the future so before i get lost in my own rant here are the first lady and the president of grahamstown university we will start off with the production behind this series miss education was created in 2023 by Katlejo and Ritabile Ramapagela. They are the famous writers, producers, I guess CEOs of Burnt Onion. They are the brains behind popular series such as How to Ruin Christmas, Czech Coast, Entangled, My Perfect Family, Quarter Life Crisis, movies like Seriously Single, and many more projects under their production company like it would be impossible to fit their entire resume into this hour slot that i'm aiming for you know me um i'm always down for what burnt onion has to to put down i think they're a great um, production company i think that they have offered us great works in the past and i'm sure they're going to keep doing it in the future the siblings also lend their talents to the writing team however our head writer here is Lwazi Mvusi 
she has written a lot of the productions under Brent Onion, including Farewell Ella Bella, Black Tax, The Herd, and many more. The writer's room also includes Dumi Morake, Mojak Lehokao, Brad Katzen, and Sunny Fabagutu. Big names, funny, funny, funny people, lovely writers. Now, <laughs> this is, like I'm saying, it's a strong team, it's a strong team of people. And I can say a lot about this show in terms of its writing, but I can never lie and say that I did not laugh, which I think for a sitcom, they've done their job, they've done, they've done the good work. Large parts of this story were hilarious. However, there were times, there were moments, lines, where it felt like I was listening to pieces of the internet plastered into conversations that these characters were having. Like It felt like Twitter interactions were being recited to me sometimes. I know that for a writer, especially if you're writing um, something fictional but like rooted in reality, I know that your dialogue must reflect the people that you're representing with these characters. And honestly, most varsity kids are recycling popular phrases and internet moments into their regular conversations like there's slang that becomes so popular it 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 frequents everyday conversations i cannot deny that i think i talk like that a lot especially with amongst friends and stuff and all, all my peers it happens there's there's a way to do it slyly or on the low or like in a way that I jump is that's the best way I can describe it because sometimes in the course of this show yeah jump said that like oh this is this is how based off the internet that that we're all on this is how they think young people speak and you know, I'm not I'm not the advocate. I'm not the spokesperson for young people. I'm personally I'm 65. So I can't tell you how to make it better. I can just say it is a thing I notice and feel whilst I was watching it. I do, however, want to give a very big shout out to whoever wrote the Ides of April joke. That killed me. That, that was so funny. I had to pause. <laughs> I had to pause just to help. That was very great. Um, to the rest of the crew, I must commend the costume and wardrobe department, which was headed by Bryce Howers. Listen, everyone looked so good. Everyone looked so good. Like, ah. <sighs> I understand that um, Bali, she represents like, you know, that rich kid aesthetic. So she has to be 
in those those label pieces she has to be like a city kid who's rich she dresses like that but also dresses nicely because listen rich people rich people tend to to look ridiculous and i don't want to say it and sound like i'm a broke hater I am broke, but I'm not a hater. I can tell you when something looks bad. So I do appreciate that Bali looks really, really good. There's this one outfit of hers, which is my personal favorite, where it's this um, jumpsuit. I think the background color is like a teal, turquoise, and then there's ge geometric black patterns on the jumpsuit. And that was cool on its own. And then she puts on this black corset over it so cunty it is so cunty for school but she looks really 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 good in it i need it for myself i have no idea where i could possibly get it but i need it for myself but i also then on the flip side i appreciate how people's outfits reflect their socio-economic standings because the way a pure is dressed really does reflect or represent the everyday student like if you're just trying your best you're on loans it's, it's finances are tough that's kind of how you're addressing on a day-to-day -day basis because they could have very easily put her in designer items and i would have to i would have to say something because let's let's be fictional but let's be real um, I wanted to shout out the crew that is behind the lighting. Ugh, I love watching anything and I can clearly see everybody. Like everyone is well illuminated. Even those scenes where it is nighttime and they're doing shady stuff. I could see everyone and that is beautiful to me and then there's also the artistic choices with the lighting like maybe um there's a time when they're tripping on acid and the way they light the room and edit that scene that was very beautiful um the scene in the the photography room with all the red perfect coloring and still having that ability to see people's features see people's expressions because like if you're acting and I can't see the facial expressions you're doing that can hinder your performance. All of that to say, that was great. That was lovely, beautiful, fantastic. On to the cost. Leading the masses through this election season, we have the lovely Buntu Betze as Bali Hadebe. Most of us, we will know her from her breakthrough um role from generations the legacy as unonke um i enjoy her work there i mean i'm watching because it's a thing that's on the tv that my parents are watching but she is she's a, an engaging actress i do i really do like her work on there i think that she's one of our great new faces in the industry and i'm very excited for what her career has in store for us i personally think that she would slay in a quirky rom-com like she has the makings for that leading lady type of 
vibe and I, someone needs to put her in a really good one so I can see it and talk about it later. But yeah, I love her work. It's just, I have to sep- I have to separate. I have to separate my admiration for Ubuntu from my feelings towards Mbali because they are different. They are different feelings altogether. But I also think that's that's a that's a job of that's a job of a well done. That's a sign of a job well done if I have to kind of put you aside from your character in order to keep liking you. Like you're 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 doing the business. And that's great. Alongside her, we have leading man Lunga Shabalala as Sivuile Levin. He is known for his work on The River, Legacy, and re- most recently Upetina Wetu. Hmm. I, I will say one good thing. I think that Lunga fits the role of Sivu very, very well. Like, there are moments where it's very clear. Like, I can see what the casting director maybe saw when it was time to cast for this role. And I'm like, you know what? It had to be you. I don't think anybody else could have been this guy. Do with that information what you will. But that is the only thing that I am saying. Honorable mentions. <laughs> of course, have to give um, some limelight to our secondary characters, our best friend characters in the show. We have them portrayed by Michaela Tucker, who plays Natalie, Prev Reddy, who plays Jay, and Luyanda Zwani, who plays Apiwe. Good, good people, good, good work, and I, I need to see more of them. I just, I understand that this is their first season, storming things off, laying the foundation. I need more of all three of these characters in the next season. Thank you very much. Then we have our extended cast for also doing the damn thing. Mposebeng, Mandisa Nduna, Mama Rumo, Mo Rakane. Sechaba Rampele, Ebenezer Tibakwane. Great people, funny people, love them. Then, of course, we cannot, we cannot have this segment without mentioning our legendary thespians that are a part of this cast. We have Baby Tlele, Don Tandega King, and Camilla Lily Waldman. Now, I understand. I I know. It's a little bit corny to attach actors to a iconic old character that they have portrayed. I I hate it so much when old people in my life do this. However, when they showed Nat's mom, my mind immediately was like, "Oh my god, it's Anne, you know, if you watch the original Generations, you know who Anne is. We all know who Anne is. Anne's that woman. I love, I mean, I love her. I understand that she was not the best person. But like, oh my God, it's Anne. Like, you can't help but be excited. Also, Anne looks really good. Anne looks so good. 
and I love I love her work in this. I uh, this was good. I think this was good for her. I would like to see Anne in many many things, many many things. But all of these ladies just like carrying the industry for so long, doing it so well, and they get to have their shine even in our latest stuff. Happy for them. Love to see them. Need more of them in season two. On to the plot. If you have not caught this show yet, understandable. I think it's only been out for a month. I'm not certain about that time, but I think it's, a, it's been about a month. If you have not seen it yet, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. For reasons that will become much clearer later on in the episode, I wish this show was longer. I wish by three episodes at least, I wish it were much longer. So I don't want to say that, oh, you should watch it immediately. And then you get to the end and you feel as frustrated as I am right now having gotten to the end but desperately needing way more information. Um, I'm hoping that it has a season two because then my honest recommendation is that when season two comes out, then you should watch it. Then you can watch the whole thing, skip the, the pain and frustration that I feel, get the good experience. That's, that's my honest recommendation to save you. Now, if you have seen it, if you managed to get a chance to see it, but it's been a while, it's been a few weeks, you've watched other things, I come to you with a, a refresher, a, a small plot summary to jog thine memory. That's a word. Anyway, <clears throat> <clears throat> what accent am I going to put on for this? Okay. A young student is hashtag cancelled and disowned by her popular social circle. She tries to start afresh in a new city and finds a golden ticket in the hashtag campus hottie slash president elect. Together, they climb the varsity political ladder and resurrect her hashtag queen bee status. I think it's worth mentioning though also um, her mom, her mom is a corrupt politician, and that's that lends into the reason why she falls from grace. I just, I feel like you guys should know that because I don't know. It, it was a bit too close to home for me. I understand that they were trying to garner the sympathy for for Mbali as the character and what she's going through. I completely understand what they were trying to do, but given that backstory, I was kind of. <laughs> I I was kind of rooting for her downfall because I just guys it's too close to corrupt politicians. I think we should slap them in woolies. Like if you're in woolies and you're in the cereal aisle and you see a politician, I don't want to name names because then that's culpable. But if you see a politician that you know has been acting funny, doing silly illegal things, I don't know. I just. Slap them with bread. It won't hurt them, but I need them to know that we hate them all. That's all I had to say on the matter. Of course, 
as this episode goes along there is going to be tons of spoilers unfortunately i cannot i cannot discuss our couple without referencing the story itself so if you're still a person that hasn't watched the show this is where you pause this i think this is the point where you're gonna have to pause to save yourself from knowing way too much I don't think that making the episode title their names is a spoiler because from what I saw in the trailer, they didn't mention Sivu had a girlfriend. So I truly believed that from that first meet cute situation that they have, that Mbali was just going to seal the deal as soon as possible and there was nothing that was going to stand in their way for that. I thought this was inevitable basically, but it was not inevitable. They were the obstacles they stacked high but i'm glad that they did because i really trusted the delays in her plan to make her reconsider her decision but unfortunately and fortunately Vali is not a woman that backtracks she makes a decision she sticks to that decision in the past when this podcast has covered a pair that I don't really like. It was because I wanted that pairing to break up as soon as physically possible. Like I wanted them to divorce. I wanted them to separate. I wanted them to not even begin. Here it is a little different. I can't say that I wish that they never began because, you know, it's a bit too late for that now. I just don't think that Mbadi and Sivu should be together as their current versions or like as the season one versions of themselves. Besides that, the trouble that they have now found themselves in by the end of the season, I just don't think it, it makes sense considering the kind of person they both are at that point in time. There's still a lot of need for personal growth before I think that they can even consider romantic relationships with anybody, let alone each other. But knowing what I know about varsity kids, some things, some lessons you only learn in hindsight. No, people can come to you and they can tell you and warn you and tell you, that oh this won't work out this is not a good idea like all of those things could be said to you but it won't matter because some things you're just gonna have to learn after the deed is done no one can stop you in that sense and that's basically what this episode this episode is hindsight so let's take some time to look at where our couple stand as of right now. Here are Miss Mbali and Mr. Olympian Bronze Sivu. This is a tough pair to dissect, not just because of everything I said above, um, but because it's still fresh. Um, and it's not that clear cut in in its presentation to us 
from that first season. From the outside, from the trailer, let me say, for people that had that assumption from watching that, like me, <laughs> like me. From the outside, these are two people that clearly belong together. Like I immediately assumed that they would be together because they fit in kind of that stereotypical um, Barbie and Ken way. Like, you popular, me popular, let's get it popping. <laughs> that kind of way, that, that social obligation way. And I think that's probably how Buddy, Buddy viewed it when she first saw him. The only obstacle in her mind is the fact that Sivu was in a very serious relationship with Pearl. And I personally think that his relationship with Pearl proves that Buddy didn't actually stand a chance. This is in the imaginative alternate universe where maybe he wasn't even running for president, where he was just going to carry on being the Sivu that we met in that very instant. If all of that was happening, I don't think Mbali would have stood a chance. Like, let's consider who the, the these two people are when we meet them in the very beginning. Mbali's life is in chaos mode. She's in personal crisis. Everything that she has ever known is now upside down. She's a disgraced former rich kid of a corrupt politician who has to restore her social status because what is she without that social status? Like that's the, that's the main thing running through her mind during all of this. And you know, normal people would change who they are or how they act or how they think in order to achieve a rebrand. But not, not Miss Hadebe, no. Bali is marching through the dirt with her Louis shoes on and looking down on anyone that is not from her mental Barbie land. And frankly, it's very, very funny given where she is. I, I've never been, I think, to Makanda, I I didn't go to Rhodes. Like I don't. All I know about that that town and that university environment is everything I've heard on the internet. But I can bet you any amount of money <laughs> that there is no social hierarchy in Makanda that that like even matches up with the social hierarchy you might find in big cities like Johannesburg, like Cape Town. Like, yes, there are people that are kind of popular. There are people that are well-liked. We have characters like, oh, is her name Ray? Like, oh, Ray, the one who, who runs the spill. Which, by the way, as that was happening, the spill felt like a, a meta thing for me because I was like, oh, you guys have a gossip podcast that updates you and narrates the story isn't that funny because i'm about to talk about this on my podcast that's not really about gossip but narrates. that was weird for me 
it was very weird for me also the fact that ray was um popular because of it i was like oh that is not me <laughs> we are in alternate universes indeed i've lost my talking point oh yes so yes there's no real there's no serious or strict social hierarchy i think in makanda like even though ray is this big influencer she's this big um me online voice to the people creator all of that she's rich enough where she can host private parties and private homes she's that girl but she wasn't moving in the way that body was moving like, i don't think she was looking down on people like that because at the end of the day and a town like that in a space like that you know we're all, we're all just ordinary people even our queen bees they're all ordinary people and so even though sivu on the outside might be that ken material you know he's a wealthy successful popular and beloved jock in university even though he is all of those things i think he is a good enough person to still be normal or at least perceived as normal personally i think that his greatest flaw is that he just never wants to upset the people around him and it's part of the thing that leads to a lot of his his problems within the school like he doesn't act upon what he clearly understands as an injustice or bullying or or morally wrong with junior's um initiation case initiation abuse with the rowing team because not because he agreed with the guys he purely just didn't want to upset anybody he didn't want to ruin the vibes per se and that's i think that's his greatest flaw he's just a dude that always wants to keep the vibes absolutely chill and that's impossible when <laughs> you're just living your life you can't avoid making people unhappy especially if said people are doing the wrong thing flaws aside i think that he's a good enough person i think he's he's a solid bloke to to be honest and that makes him a good enough person to interest somebody as morally good and as decent as pearl I the, the cracks in their relationship are mainly exclusively due due to Sivu's presidency campaign and the negative changes that it has on on him because he is now no longer this person that Pearl had fallen in love with. See lovers, let me give you let me give you a quick lesson. Being a Ken doll type person is amazing for popularity it is it makes your life so much easier to be well liked by the masses when you're a kendall but it does not win you elections it cannot win you elections sivu wanted to be the src president only in name he had no plans for policies he had no plans for how he's going to help students he had no plans for what his stance on everything was he just 
wanted to get the power away from season number one and number two he thought that just by putting a good old guy a solid bloke in the seat of presidency he thought that would be enough to change things up at a university but i don't even know what the change would have been since he clearly had no plan of action for what he was going to do once he got there pearl was in many ways more politically radical um than him and actually more suitable than him for the role and so bali enters the picture she notices that this is what's happening but she also notes she notes the potential in siru being the president because like i said he has he has that ken doll thing that makes people like him enough he just doesn't have plans he doesn't have policies in place to follow but the potential is there and bali she sees that she knows how to twist a personality to appeal to the masses to make people want to trust it to make people want to vote for it she knows how to manage a brand and see who was like the easiest brand to manage he is in a lot of ways like mbali i think i think part of the reason why i think these people are not good for each other is they are far too similar in character and these similarities are the thing that make you believe in the beginning that they have chemistry any time that these two spoke they felt like long lost lovers or like very good friends or just people that would understand each other very well i thought that sivu was the type of guy that mbali should have been going for during her queen bee reign she he should have been the kind of guy that she was trying to get with not that very awful rapper that we see in the very beginning which actually y'all notice that usually fake artists in a show or a movie they put out bops like they make music that we absolutely adore internet people talk about the hex girls we talk about powerline clash of demon head we love those fake artists and we love the music that they put out i pray that i never hear of uncle drip ever again for as long as i am online because that was a lovely joke from the writers if that's what they wanted to do but never again that was a horrible horrible song i i want to plunge it from my brain however i digress mali and sivu they you know they definitely had chemistry and that is a point i have to give it to them cuz that's that's just case in point the truth compatibility it's 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 a yes or no to compatibility yes because the series midpoint that's when we start to see that oh okay they really have a lot in common ironically so but they have a lot in common sivu thinks that his upbringing as an adopted 
um, black child into this white family. He thinks that his upbringing and his privileged position has left him isolated because he doesn't feel like he belongs anyway, even with his fellow students, even with other black people around him. But on the other hand, I also feel like Sivu himself has never empathized with the people outside of his privilege, outside of his his situation. He's never tried to get where they're coming from. So that bleeds into him not understanding Junior and his gripe, or it leads to him not being able to stand for others while he's running for president. Like they have these, he has this disconnect in his personality. And then we have Mbali, you know, she rebrands because her mother's corrupt dealings and her selfish choices have hurt people, and for Mbali herself, have ruined her life and how people view her and how people treat her and she can understand why that is horrible in relation to her however she is willing to apply that same mentality those same corrupt methods to benefit herself even to the point where it could ruin the lives of her so-called good friends jay and natalie and it doesn't matter to her because, you know, there's there's something personally to be gained. That there's that disconnect again. I think that both of these people suffer from, I want to call, there's no name for it, but they have parental irony. Like they are running away from the person that the their guardians have raised them to be based on their actions. But they're not doing the work to be a different person. And if they were smart, if they had slowed down, they could have sat down together and realized that this is something that they share. This is something that they have in common. They could have had a nice, long, serious DMC about it. Maybe work things out. Maybe reach a point where... They can start talking, oh, maybe we should see somebody about this. No. All they want to do is kiss. Because that's all you young people want to do now. Is you see a hot person, you just want to smooch. <laughs> no one's talking to each other anymore. And that's frustrating. But, you know, who? it's very hard, even real life people, it's very hard for people to introspect and kind of dig through their flaws to find the source and then also you gotta find um how you can change and that's a lot of hard work that even real life people are not willing to do so i'm trying to be very sympathetic to these situations and i'm not judging them too hard on that so my no on their combat compatibility scoring is they have the kind of compatibility that could make themselves their worst version if the issue isn't addressed. I feel like that's terrible grammar. Hold on. They have they have the compatibility where these two people could come together and maximize their joint flop if they do not address the problems that they are personally facing. 
I have to hope that you guys understand that because there's no other way to put it. That's that's what they're doing. They kind of could be each other's worst advisors, worst um, influences if they don't acknowledge that there are these flaws, there are these things that they need to work on. And for that... I'll give them a half point. I'll say they have a half point on compatibility because there are those things that will make sense and there are those things that don't make sense and it's up to them to kind of decipher which which they're focusing on. And then that brings us to my most important of the three C's. Now, for any new listeners, I should have done this earlier, but I forgot. Any new listeners, the three C's are kind of my my markers, my building blocks, my criteria for what make a good relationship. Remember, we are speaking fictionally, but if you want to go ahead and apply this to real life, do so. But understand that. Once you guys start applying this to real life, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I am unqualified. Super duper unqualified. But my three C's, we've already looked at chemistry. You know, just how you get along, how you how you fare on like a physical plane. Maybe you have an emotional chemistry that takes a while to show up. Chemistry, that thing. And then we have compatibility. Sometimes I mix it up with connection, but because I think they're two sides of the same coin, you guys could be compat- compatible because you can connect on certain things, connect on certain levels. And so I think that's always an important thing to have. As we've seen with above, compatibility can work in the positive and the negative way so you just gotta check on that but most importantly and i think some and it's a c that is universal all relationships should have this this c communication i will not even waste your time wondering bali and sifu get a zero for communication Zero max. Absolutely nothing for communication. Not only because Bali spends most of their partnership and their friendship and their relationship lying to Sivu. Also because I don't think these two ever really discuss anything before it happens. When Pearl was still in the picture before their breakup she would have lots of we'd see it she'd have lots of discussions or arguments about decisions with mbali because her whole campaign her campaign <laughs> sorry her whole campaign strategy was to just feed sivu um instructions or plays or um things that he should say next or do next and for better or for worse because he just decided that she'd done so much good work in the past she would never lead him like that blind trust of of mali it kind of led him askew because then he, now he was no longer questioning 
her decisions. And the good thing about Pearl is she would never, she would never let a suggestion go by without asking at least three questions. Because that's what you need to do. Even Olivia Pope's clients talked about things with her before just completely putting their lives in her hands. Are you trying to tell me, Sivuile Levin, that you think Bali was more trustworthy, more effective, more powerful than Olivia Pope? It's uh, It was actually very concerning. Sivu's lack of just whoa it was very very concerning and i think it's why his campaign gets so far and even gets him to succeed even though at best i think sivu said four sentences there were so many times when a microphone was thrust into his face and he didn't say much of anything he would just hand over the rails to this person and that's not good if one person is always doing the talking you are not effectively communicating as a pair and it's a deep deep shame because the day that these two met up in the bathroom when they were at ray's party and Miley happened to step into their bathroom when he was there that conversation that they have i think that was beautiful because they were honestly openly and effectively communicating it's a short conversation it's not about anything serious and even then Bali is like she's holding her cards she's not really trying to show herself too much but it's a very good conversation it's a very good case of open and honest communication from the two of them it's a time when Bali doesn't really have a reason to lie or a reason to portray herself as a certain kind of person. She can just talk to this person and it has no serious consequences. Even though, yes, she has a crush on them from even that time. And it was more serious because she didn't know that Pearl was in the picture. There were no... There were no schemes in place. She was just... They were just chatting. They were just chatting the time away. And in that moment, she can become a decent person. A person that has no ulterior motive. A person that has nothing to gain just from this lovely chat. And that might have been the best I've ever seen this pair's standing. And we know that this person in Bali exists. We know that this ability to be vulnerable ability to be open and honest and not put up any facades we we know that it exists because we see it a lot in her vulnerable moments with natalie or when she's comforting jay um after he he tells her about his trauma she is a person that has the capacity to be there for people that she's in relationships with it's unfortunate that her selfishness gets in the way of her being good, a good friend to Natalie and Jay and betraying them and betraying their trust and putting them in harm's way, especially with um, school or like with their other, with their family in terms of Natalie, because 
now we, we've, we've been exposed to this kind of girl and we like her. We like her so much when she's being this person. And then we lose it so quickly. <sighs> Considering how season one ended, I think that Mbadi and Sivu will need a lot of effective communication to get back to just normal standing. I don't know if there's a conversation that can happen that can bring them up to um, the place where Sivu was considering being in a serious relationship with her because lots has happened. Lots has been said. Lies have been spread. I don't know. I don't know what she could possibly pull out of her hat to garner forgiveness after all of this. But I do think there is a conversation that could be had actions that could be done just to get them back to that normal friendship status that they were at and then who knows anything can happen when you build up off the that original friendship that they had my wish is that they really try to be good friends at least to start off with like let's just take a pause on this whole getting together thing because like i've said things have happened things so big we cannot ignore you basically you didn't start off on the wrong foot you started off in the wrong body it's too much it's too much let us just rewind to that slightly drunk sivu in the bathtub having a casual conversation with that vulnerable mali in the bathroom and then maybe take it from, you know, polite Sivu that is willing to punch a guy to protect Mbali's honor, you know. Take it back to when Mbali was simply okay with having good friends around her in a new setting and hopeful for what her life could be without the judgment of her past. And while we're at it, I think we should add Pearl to the ballot because there's a president. There is a person that I would vote for. I mean, Mubarak is now out of the line. Like, he, arsonists can never be SRC presidents. So, you know, if, if they want a real race, if they want a real presidential race, all I'm saying is put Pearl on the phone. the part that will lead to my inevitable dragon so let's just let's just start it off with the highs let's start off with the good things these are the likes i forgot to say this earlier when i was talking about the production but there's no better time than the present i loved the music yes we are still not completely free of the of the scoring where it's like hip-hop music during very emotional parts of a show the problem that a lot of people were complaining about on blood and water of which guys i've never watched blood and water um not because i'm edgy i just <laughs> i don't want to go through what you guys are going through i thought i'd catch it maybe second season but y'all when a fan base is so sad or in turmoil i just don't even try to begin 
but i do know that the one common thing is a lot of people complain about where they choose to place the music in scenes and i don't think that it's such a big thing with this show i think the musical choices were fitting for the age group that they're representing also with the genre of sitcom like there's lots of freedom it's not always the most emotional thing happening right now so it doesn't matter that the music choices are the music choices that they have but of course you know it's still a show there are going to be soft scenes they're going to be soft moments and they do choose music that fits that fit that fits that fit those moments perfectly well without distracting the way upbeat music would and so for that i give them big thumbs up i liked how they handled sex scenes we're currently witnessing a lot of online pushback on explicit sex scenes in tv shows and movies um not just here in our country even though we we really need to have a conversation <laughs> about what's happening on local television but internationally like everyone's kind of just over it essentially like basically people find it a bit jarring to try watching like their comfort show try watching a good movie and it's just the most intense and in your face sex scenes that they've ever seen happening and i don't want to talk about it too much because i think it's too much of a it's too much of a nuanced conversation to kind of condense into my likes section of this part of this episode but i will say that this show is a, a, the kind of show considering that it's university kids it's the kind of show where you'd expect that we'd get that same jarring in your face thing and they don't do that they did not do that at all they literally they'll show that a person is about to have sex sex is gonna happen here and then they kind of just fast forward past it or turn the camera away leave it all to the audience's imagination of how it went and i i really appreciate that i really i'm so happy i'm so happy with how they handled the sex scenes here i liked the character work on people like caesar and pearl they represent certain archetypes that we are used to so you can kind of imagine how their stories would go but they they don't follow that pattern like i think of caesar he uh, he portrays uh the antagonist of the story because you know he's against our protagonists he is the the obstacle in their course and I like that he is absolutely irredeemable as a person. There's yes, there's meant to be those things where your antagonist kind of you you're kind of meant to see a little bit of the human in them and we do see the human in Caesar, but at the same time, I've never wanted something someone to fail so hard. Like he is just flaws and selfishness. Like there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing that makes me feel bad for him. he deserves the full force of the pain that will inevitably hit him when all of this comes falling down around him 
And this was how I felt even before he turned out to be an abusive closeted dude. So imagine how I feel now. And then I like Pearl because, um, especially in the rom-com universe, when there's, there's always, well not always, but there's usually the girlfriend, the wife, the partner that exists in your male lead's life before the female lead enters his life. And this partner is always meant to, it's always created in a sense that you kind of hate them because, oh, um, they're standing in the way of our leads getting together or they're like this annoying voice in the male lead's mind try, like stopping him from pursuing our female lead and Pearl, Pearl isn't that if anything she is someone I root for a little bit more than Bali like usually in again in the rock-on universe we meet this partner that comes before our lead and they at some point they kind of show her as somebody that deserved to lose their boyfriend, their husband, their whatever to our female lead. And I don't think that's the case with Pearl. If anything, she's a fantastic person and it was great to see her be this positive and honest force in Sivu's life. But their breakup, if anything, is great for her because she deserved so much better. Oh, she deserved so much better than that boy. And that's that's it. That's all I had to say. I'm a pro stan. <laughs> um, dislikes. This one's... Oh, well, okay. No, not dislikes yet. This is something middle ground. It's, it's too petty to be a full dislike. But it's too negative to be a like, if that makes sense. Um, so in our country... We have a costing issue where people will be called upon to play, I don't know, young people. So we'll have a high school show and they'll call people to audition to be high schoolers. We'll have a university show where people will be called upon to play university students. And it's unfortunate that some people may be grown, grown people, be very old but are able to portray themselves as young looking on the other hand there are those people that are old and you can tell and so it's very weird to watch shows like this like blood and water and you're like dude there's no way you guys want me to believe that this 35 year old person is a teen like there's some people it was very hard to believe that they were in university and it's because they are old and i don't understand why this is still a thing with us because i know that there are young people in this industry i know that they are young actors fresh out of school fresh out of the theater scene we have young people that could portray high schoolers that could portray varsity students we're not in shortage of those people and it would actually be great because shows like this could be the platform for which young people can jump off and start off their careers and go on to play bigger things different things different roles so it was a little bit frustrating it was a little bit frustrating to see grown people people in their 
late 30s <laughs> playing some of these roles. But at the same time, there are people in here who are probably in their late 30s. And I didn't know this just because they have that gift where they can look like young people. So I'm not going to name names because I genuinely don't know how old everybody is. But I know how old some people are. And that's all I'm going to say. Now, proper dislikes. We're still flipping pages because I still don't have a laptop. <sighs> I do not like how this was structured. Six episodes was far too short. Far too short. And I think all of my dislikes listed below are tied to this. So that's why I just had to mention it as the first thing. Um, this show is trying to cover a lot of issues relating to being in varsity, which I, which I like because again, we needed varsity shows because there is a lot, there's a lot of stuff you can talk about in the like varsity universe of things. But now because you have, you're squeezing them into this short time span, a lot of stories do not get their full space to be explored. Like we start to get an idea and then before it can be really fleshed out, we're moving on to the very next thing without even a second glance at this, at this big idea that you started. We start to understand Jay's dating dynamics and maybe what it's like to, to date in the gay community and then we're moving on to the next thing, which is speeding off to the next plot point. We start to hear about Apira's struggles, you know, paying off school fees, um, trying to keep her grades up. Then we zoom on to the next scandal. And it's like those things are just hanging in the air behind us in the dust. We were so close to getting to the bottom of um, Sivu and Natalie's like sibling issues like we can we can guess what's going on we can start to imagine what their problems might be but they are only acknowledged in this one conversation and then we now have to move on to the very next thing because time is running out nothing has the time to be fleshed out because time is always running out the finale itself it just felt the whole time i was like time is clearly running out and we can't resolve issues that were brought about earlier because we're just we're just rushing. We're just rushing. And that's part of my problem with the finale itself. Like again, six episodes, it's far too short. And I I don't understand why we're even at the six episode um part because Netflix had forced us to get used to that eight episode format of a first season so to then further cut it down here to six it's just it's torture really so i really hope i'm crossing my fingers i'm hoping that they get a second season because it's just so much that we could not touch upon that we could not flesh out because all the time time was running out and maybe that's why conversations were so choppy as well like you just we could not waste time. Also, this is 
a little separate but still underneath this umbrella maybe i am out of touch again i will say mentally and emotionally i do think that i am 65 years old and also i was when i was in varsity i was not a person that was out like that like i tended to keep to myself or i'd hang out with my small group of friends i was rarely out there experiencing all the people that you can possibly meet in university so there were parts of this show where i was asking myself is this really how people experience university like the uh, is this what goes down and how it is or are we making ourselves universe are we making the story universal so that it can get some international appeal for anybody that is in university at this time and is watching it i'm not making this a dislike per se because i i don't want to deduct points for something that could possibly just be a subjective issue like this could just be me and my lacking of the university experience but are they doing this for edginess some of some of these things really felt like they were for edginess and international appeal because i just i've never seen this happen or never seen this be an issue for local for local people we'd all like to see a show become so internationally recognized and beloved as shows like like Squid Squid Game Squid Game went mad across the world we'd all like that for our south african shows there i don't think there's anybody that doesn't want that my worry becomes in us trying to make ourselves appealing enough to get to that level are we doing it um with our authenticity at the forefront or are we creating things are we creating plot points to try and get that international appeal is that a complaint i don't know we've reached the end of the show wow just <laughs> just wow words so much discussion so much talking for what was roughly 3 hours of footage i can't even remember but oh wow we i'm so tired but for real um i was very serious when i said i hope the show gets renewed purely on selfish reasons because there's so much that i think we need to to explore with these people's stories and they need a lot i think they should be given enough time to do so and so i i am fully behind them getting a second shot to do that and also it's good it's good for morale <laughs> it's good for morale if we just get fun little things from time to time you know distract us from the misery of the world and i appreciate shows that 
give us that that hear our cries that we're tired of not having fun things and they meet them so yeah also you know for my sanity i just i would like it so for today's competition i i didn't even reach very far this was a very selfish decision but i am going to abuse the democratic votes of you as listeners to settle to settle a little debate that i'm having in my mind in the who's your fave battle for today we are having a Grahamstown university edition yes it's an internal battle because i just need a little bit of closure and i'm gonna get it where i can in this corner we have jay and tato versus natalie and junior now listen (laughs) at least with our first pairing in this battle we end off the show understanding where they could lead off to they are head over heels there's a there's a misunderstanding that again should have been a much bigger conversation there's a misunderstanding that we had there in the beginning but uh, they've decided to work through it they've decided to just go for it and so i would like to see them just be fully together nat and junior i'm not saying what they should end up being but i would like to see them spend a little bit more time together just a few dates that date or three you know and just give, give them that time just for us to decide where it could go because i i'm not that person that thinks that you should just settle with the first guy that you were with or settle with or settle with a guy because junior is you know quote unquote a good guy that's i don't think that's the only reason that you should do such a thing so i think we need some evidence we need some supporting evidence that this would be a good decision for natalie and also because you know i just i ship it a little i ship it a little i ship it a little because it's nice that nat has a person where she doesn't have to change even a little bit like junior likes her exactly as she was so she can keep the new edge that she the new personal freedom that she has but she doesn't have to change completely to be someone to suit his taste he likes her just as it was but i've talked a lot i've said a lot of things this battle this is for you lovers this is for you to express yourselves use your voices you know vote for your faves you can vote on our twitter poll at starring cupid you can vote momentarily on our instagram poll at zamati shares with the advances in technology you can now vote on our tumblr poll at starring cupid podcast vote everywhere you can and follow us everywhere you can please um, if you are a South African listener, register to vote. If there's anything, if there's anything that you should take away from miseducation, 
is that democratic votes matter and our time is coming up i think you should register to vote if you haven't done so you know especially young people uh, we're we're like the lowest uh group in the voting stats in the past few elections let's let's get out there let's let's shake things up let's do a little something obviously the vote is up to you but please register at least i'll even i'll link the registration underneath the the episode announcements on our twitter i'll link it on instagram i'll link it everywhere because i think it's very important on a serious note i do think it's very important that we lend our voices to how we want our country to be run for the next four years yeah yeah lend your lend thy voices to the lord and let it sing that's what it says um thank you for joining us today lovers um it's always a good time when you're around it's always a good time to know that you guys tune in we are super super close to 3000 plays and that would make me so happy if we did that um in our third year of being online so please stream listen we are available across um the the available platforms except youtube i'm so sorry i will try and work on that but um (laughs) our link is in our twitter bio it's also in the instagram bio yes please tell a friend tell a friend stream your boy it'll make me so outrageously happy i might do something (laughs) that sounds like a threat wait i might i might do something to celebrate 3000 i'll just i would just have to see what comes up at the time but yeah guys thank you so much for being here always i shall return next week um excuse me hopefully with the good news that everything has has changed but also because i genuinely for the first time in a long time i'm i'm like stockpiled episodes i'm very excited for next week because i'm i have a lot of stuff to say i always have a lot of stuff to say but next week i will have a lot a lot of stuff to say so please do tune in then if local lovers if you are someone that lives in cape town there are two pro-palestine protests that are happening this weekend on the 11th and the 12th um i will repost the posters because i'm not sure about location i think the one on the 12th is on the promenade though please show up please attend if you can i know that we have a gracious government that has expressed their support for palestine and we've done the work to kind of get um israel to to call for a ceasefire but it's it's not that easy across the waters there are lots of western powers that have not felt the need to do so and so it is important that everybody you know get on your zoom everybody puts pressure on western powers to call for a ceasefire because it is so important not only to get innocent civilians the care the electricity the water the basic needs that they require to live it's also important to save them 
from what is literally genocide at this point. They need us to call on our leaders, to pressure our leaders to call for the ceasefire. So if you can, please attend as many protests as you can. Spread the word online if you can. If you are attending protests, please be safe. Sanitize, mask wearing. We're still living in a sick world, so please be safe and do your best out there. I adore you all so very much. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for all of the support, not only just for season six and its delays, but over the years. Thank you all for being here with me. I will be back next week. That is a promise. Goodbye.